listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving level crossing safety through engineering, innovation and education. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day, it's episode 85 of On The Road and it's great to have your company once again. Thanks for joining us. This week in a jam-packed show, Mike talks with Danielle Hay about Outback Truckers and the other incredible work she's been doing. A little later, Mike catches up with an old mate to talk about trucking and alternative lifestyles. Keep listening for that one to get the naked truth. We're joined by the sweetheart of the supercars and hugely successful singer-songwriter, Courtney Kyle. We'll hear her latest single and a little later in the show, the new song from Andrew Swift. We've got all the latest from the On The Road newsroom and Mike discusses truck fads and fashions in something to talk about, plus a whole lot more. The road is calling, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. I'm fortunate enough to get to meet some really interesting people and talk to a diverse range of people in the transport industry doing this podcast. I had the opportunity to talk to Danielle Hay the other day, and what a wonderful lady. She's doing an incredible amount of fantastic things. Done Outback Truckers, I'm sure some of you will know her from there. She just gets out and gets into it and gets dirty and looks fantastic while she's doing it. Great fun to talk to her. Here is the interview that I recorded with her the other day. It's incredible for me to talk to another nurse who's also become a truck driver because a lot of you are aware that I used to be one. (laughs) Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mate, it's entirely my pleasure, I assure you. I've looked at some of the stuff that you've done on Outback Truckers and you went from working in emergency room and aged care to driving a triple road train in the bush. I tell you what, that's a hell of a transition, mate. It certainly is. It's definitely a total change of lifestyle, but you know what, I love it both worlds, so happy doing either. And you've got the kids in the truck with you all the time too. Yeah, I have one with me usually all the time. So yeah, one of them's sitting there telling me how to drive, even though they don't know how to drive themselves. <laughs> tell you what I don't know how you do it mate I've got enough trouble just looking after myself in the truck when I'm away for the week you know (laughs) I actually don't know how I do it sometimes either but they're good company you know we sing and do a bit of schoolwork in there and listen to podcasts together and yeah it's great company yeah I'm sure it is I saw some of the videos that you've put up there of places you've been when you had that old western star that you were driving around 
I'll tell you what, you get out there, mate, in those, some of those bushes doing those water drilling jobs. Yes, they're certainly not bitumen roads and, yeah, you never know what's coming up ahead and they're never the same. Yeah. But it definitely keeps you on your toes and keep you awake and <laughs> keep you focused 100%. But, yeah, definitely it's entertaining more than anything, I think. Just, you know, not driving straight highway runs, I thoroughly enjoy it. Well, I see now you've got yourself that super liner and you've had it painted up all quite nicely and it certainly does look the part. Are you happy with the truck? Oh, absolutely. I've been a Mac girl for years and been a big fan of Wom's. We had some Mac tippers back, oh, yonks ago now, but not when I was driving. So I've always been a huge fan. Mm. Anthony and I were struggling to keep somebody that could drill as well as drive a road train. So we were having a lot of trouble with that. So I said to him, look, if you buy me the truck I want, I will drive all the time and then we can just focus on just getting you a driller's offsider. Yep. So, yeah, now I've got my baby and she got all painted up by Mirror Finish there in Warwick and, gosh, they just did such an amazing job. Yeah, it does look pretty good. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's definitely catching. Anthony had to make a trip over to Queensland recently. He had to use my truck and he reckons it did draw him a lot of attention, unwanted attention. <laughs> but um, he knew what he was getting himself into when he left his driveway because she's definitely eye-catching. Yeah, I know when I was trying to catch up with you, I was given his phone number. I tried to call him. He said, oh, no, no, you want to talk to her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not a big talker, that man. Yeah. But we level each other out. Yeah, fair dinkum. You're about the same as Rose and I because, you know, I'm more outgoing and I'm the nurse that's coming out of it. Rose, my other half, she came and got her licence and went driving two-up with me and we did Sydney, Perth for three and a half years as a two-up team. Oh, gosh, I'm surprised you're still married. <laughs> so am I. I said to her, I was worried about sleep apnea and I said to her, Rose, do I stop breathing when I'm sleeping? And she says, yeah, honey, when I put the pillow over your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Anthony and I have been lucky enough to two up together yet because he's always in a road train in front of me. Yeah. But we've got a couple of trips coming up where we're going to go and deliver some hay. So we're going to do a couple of two up trips there. So it'll definitely put our marriage to a test on another level again. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, Rose stood out in front of the truck and just glared at me and so I'm not getting in until you apologise. Yeah. <laughs> I remember once I stuck my head out from between the curtains after she'd hit a roof. Oh, no. And I said, well, what are you doing? Yeah. And she's, you want to drive? Yeah. Get back in. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, he does have a tendency to tell me how to drive even on the two-way. So. Yeah, yeah. But he's got plenty of knowledge behind the wheel and plenty of experience compared to me, so I'm always there to take on his tips and definitely take them all on board because he practically taught me how to drive between him and his father. Yeah. They're the ones who taught me how to drive, so I will listen, even though sometimes I don't like being told what to do by him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a common thing. So from a nurse to a truck driver, we've worked out that that happened because you needed to sort of help out with the business. Marangi Water Drilling, that was a business that you bought, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. So Anthony had been working for these guys and he'd been in the construction and drilling industry pretty much all his life as well. Hmm. And then, yeah, come to me one day with his hairbrain skin and said, let's buy this business. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> and then from there, kind of, he twisted my arm and we did figures and we thought, you know what, we need a change. So, yeah, we did it. Yeah, it is a big change. And, of course, then you've also had the big shift from the Southern Downs to Alice Springs as well. That was another massive change in your life. 
Yeah, yeah. Anthony likes to do things in five-year increments. So <laughs> every five years he throws another curveball at me and says, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've been doing Maranjar for seven years now and traveling around the country. You know, there was no stability. There was no knowing what we were doing from week to week or sometimes day to day. Yeah. And we were never home. We were always out on the road up in the bush in the outback. And we love the Northern Territory. So we thought, why not? Let's try something new and something different. And we made the big move up here now. All right. Well, what we'll do is we'll just cut to a quick break so we can hear from one of our great sponsors. Cool. We'll come back and we'll find out about your plans for the station in the Territory. Copy there, Andy. Yeah, mate, got you go. Mate, we're coming up to that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. It's <laughs> not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. I'm back with Danielle Hay. Giddy up, hey. How did that happen? How did the giddy up thing happen? Well, it originally started in high school when I was given the nickname maiden name is Gideona so back in the day everyone used to call me Giddy and then it got to Giddy Up because I don't stop yeah <laughs> always on the go just always 10 steps ahead of everybody right so yeah everyone got to Giddy Up and then it stuck with me forever so are you a horsey girl as well though are you into the horses and things no I'm not no oh, I didn't think you were <laughs> no the boys and Anthony are they are horse mad like we have a fair few horses hmm. but no I'm there to support them and watch them and everything else if you catch me on a horse it's a rare rare occasion and it'll be one of my kids horses too <laughs> they bite them things horses oh no they're just scary <laughs> but they're beautiful creatures <laughs> beautiful Okay, so you've moved to this station in the Territory, and I believe you're going to turn it into a like a lifestyle park or something, aren't you? Is that the plan? Yeah, so we've got a few different options and things happening at the moment. We put in some hay crops around the place. Well, we're in the process of it. And we're also going to be setting up a caravan tourism park side of things, you know, offering different accommodation stays, farm stays, station stays just interactions with the animals. Yeah, just a few different things happening at the moment on the place. Right, so is that actually happening now or is it sort of something for down the track? Oh, no, it's all happening now. Like, we're all in production. Everything's happening. <laughs> I was having a chat with Yogi Kendall the other day and he was telling me that he didn't know what was going on about back truckers. Have they said anything to you? Yeah, no, as far as I know, nothing's happening anytime soon. Hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they haven't been able to go ahead with Season 10 yet. But, you know, they keep us in the loop and let us know if anything's happening. But 
no, it doesn't look like anything's happening any time in the near future, which is a bit sad. Hopefully someone picks it up and can help it go again so we can get that season 10. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I always thought that there should really just be a show called Truckers. I mean, even over here on the East Coast, the guys all have different jobs and I was driving the quads over in Port Hedland there for a while. That's different. There's what you do, what Yogi does. You know, we carry the country. Absolutely. And I don't think people really realise what goes into doing what we do sometimes. No, that's right. The work and the hours and, yeah. Well, that's why it was so good, Outback Truckers, because it displayed to the world, Mm. potentially, that the hard work that truckers do throughout every industry, not just the Outback. Mm. So, yeah, I do agree that it should be covered on a more general basis too. Mm. But, yeah, hopefully someone or something or some miracle might happen and something else might start up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've often thought about it. It's just one of those things that I think that we should get out there. I mean, everyone's interested to know what policemen do and what nurses do, and there's all the paramedic shows and all the other sort of, I don't know, for the want of a better description, job voyeurism. Yeah. They love Outback Truckers, and they love the Alaskan Crab Fishermen. They love those. Yes, yeah. And I think there's even one about the guys down around Tasmania now catching crayfish in that as well. I think I've seen on TV at one stage. Yes, definitely. I do think it was really entertaining. We loved watching the show, mm. hence why we said yes to going on it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely displayed, you know, let's face it, if the trucks stop, the world stops, really. That's right. So did they approach you, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually dubbed in a friend of mine that was working for us at the time, and I said that he would love to go on it because I never thought they'd want a family and all that kind of thing and dobbed him in and mm. then they actually rang me and said, no, we'd love to have you guys on as a family. Yep. And then it just kind of went from there and then, yeah, they just kept coming back. <laughs> well, I'm in awe of what you do personally because just to get out there and get dirty and to you know, have the kids there and all the challenges that just go along with that in normal everyday life and remain sane. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, no... It's definitely hard work and it's definitely been a total change of pace and a total change of lifestyle for me personally. Mm. But honestly, love it. And I love getting behind the wheel of my truck. I love getting out in the bush, mm. hence why we've moved to the bush now. Mm. But I love just being a family unit as well and being able to be with my husband and my kids and get to travel and see the country all together all the time. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely been great. It does come with its challenges. Of course. But I think the positive outweighs the negative. You do get to see some beautiful things, though. I remember pulling up for a breakout in the Pilbara and it's sunset and you're looking out over the rock formations and everything over there. and Just awesome sunsets and awesome dawns. Yes. You know? Yes, I'd have to agree. Those sunsets are amazing out here. Yeah. Something that everybody needs to experience one day. Yeah. When I was carting mining gear up into the Cooper Basin, I'd lay up on the load of a night time and just watch the stars because there's no light pollution. Yes. You can just see the stars forever. It's incredible. Yes, I totally agree. It was actually a big conversation that we were talking about just last night. Mm. We've got a heap of visitors here at the moment, and they all said, wow, the sunsets and the stars. Mm. You don't realise until you get out here and you stop and smell the flowers, relax and take back that beautiful scenery. It's a hell of a big sky, that's for sure. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk to you about, really, we've gone through all the other stuff now. We've got all that out of the road. I wanted to talk to you about the charity work because you're one of these ladies that just never stops. You're like the Energizer Bunny, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I do get referred to as that quite often. And Anthony both and myself, yeah, Energizer couple. (laughs) So 
So what are you doing? Tell the listeners about what you're up to and what we can do to help you. Oh, well, we've just recently finished a campaign for Diabetes Australia, but I'm always involved with something that's volunteering on different bases. But the campaign that I've recently done for Diabetes Australia with Adventure All-Stars and Charity TV Global, I managed to raise just over $12,000 for it, which was fantastic. But then I'm also involved with a lot of other charities like Isolated Children's Parents Association, a lot of committees, different committees up here. I tried to help out and volunteer wherever I can to benefit the children and the outback, those that miss out and are unfortunate. Well, you're a long way from anywhere up there. The RFDS and School of the Air and all those sort of things are so vital up there. Absolutely. And it's all funded from people volunteering and donating. Hmm. So, yes, it definitely is. And they're, yeah, our go-to people. So to keep up with what you're doing, we just need to check you out. You're on Facebook, obviously, and I think you've got an Instagram account, haven't you, as well? Yeah, I'm definitely on Facebook. We've got multiple different things happening on there at the moment. And yeah, recently started up Instagram, so I'm trying to keep up to date with everything on there so everyone can see where we are and what we're doing and come and say good day. <laughs> good day, Danielle. Look, it's been a great pleasure to have you on the show, Danielle. I do appreciate your time. Yeah. Because I know you're flat out busy. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. As I say, my pleasure. If you feel like you'd want to come on and say something or talk about some charity work or something that you want to do, we'll be more than happy to have you back and have a chat about it. Oh, excellent. Thanks so much for that. All right, Danielle, take care now, and we'll catch up with you later. Thanks, you too. Well, that was Danielle Hay. Isn't she a wonderful person? I'll tell you what, one of the nicest people in trucking in Australia, I think, and it was a great pleasure for me to talk to her. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. If, like me, you're a V8 supercar's tragic, you might recognise the voice of this week's featured music artist. She sang the national anthem on the grid of the Supercars Championship opening round at Bathurst Mount Panorama Circuit last year with a television viewing audience of 1.64 million people. Now there's a whole lot more to this young lady than just a love of fast cars. Courtney Kyle has performed as June Carter Cash on the Johnny Cash The Concert Tour playing up and down the East Coast and is a member of the Gina Jeffries and Tanya Kernigan Girls' Night Out Tour. Her first three singles have all gone to number one on the iTunes Country Australia charts, and there's little doubt her new single release this week will be met with the same high level of critical acclaim. 
despite a hectic touring schedule, she's made the time to come and chat with us about her career and to introduce her new single. Here she is, the delightful Courtney Kyle. Hi, Courtney. Thanks for finding the time for a chat. Oh, hello. Thank you for having me on. It's so nice to be chatting to you today. Courtney, elephant in the room. I'm told that you're a bit of a petrol head with a love of fast cars, true? That is 100% correct. I grew up around motorsport. I went to my first race when I was about two years old, back when the supercars used to race in Canberra. So I'm no stranger to the racetrack and big, big fan of watching all things fast. Yeah. Now, how did you actually get involved with the supercars? Well, it's an interesting story. Before music really took over my life, I actually worked in motorsport for a few years. My family was heavily involved with Porsche Career Cup for many years, for about 10 years. Oh, brilliant. So I spent a lot of time at supercars events where they were racing. I then, through that, got a job at Porsche in their motorsport team. So I did that for a couple of years. Nice. Just through getting to know people, I then, you know, once I went on my way and went into music full time, I got in touch with one of my friends that works at Supercars and she was kind enough to pass my details on and they booked me for Bathurst, which was pretty incredible. Yeah, certainly was. Bit of a dream come true, you know, getting to perform at Bathurst. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, well, I've had that dream too, but it's never come true for me, I can tell you. (laughs) There's still time. (laughs) Now, this might decide the outcome of the rest of this interview. In one word, Mustang or Commodore? I don't feel like I should answer that because that could turn listeners on or off me. I like to say I also support the drivers. Yeah. You know, like I've got some good friends in supercars and, you know, I tend to side more with the people that I've gotten to know over the years, good friends and whatnot. So I'll play the political answer and say depends. (laughs) Yeah, good answer. (laughs) Clearly, Courtney, music's in your blood. I believe your grandmother was a country singer in Adelaide in the 50s. Yes, that's correct. She would sing on Adelaide radio solo, but also with her two sisters as well. And I grew up loving country music and loving all genres of music, really. Mm. Kind of fell into finding my way into country music through my writing and whatnot. And then, you know, it was only probably my teens that my dad shared with me that his mum was a country singer. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's why I'm so drawn to it. Because I kind of thought, you know, I love country, but why? Why do I love it so much? And I think it's purely because it's it's in the blood. And, you know, I never got to meet her. Uh. She passed away, unfortunately, before I was born. So it's something that was never really pushed much. It's just something I naturally found. And it's nice to know there's that family history there. Yeah, for sure. And for a lot of people, getting the opportunity to be someone else for a little while is a fun proposition. How has it been for you coming into the role as the incredible June Carter on the Johnny Cash concert tour? Oh, it's been truly incredible. And when I got the call up to do the first show, which we did down here in Melbourne at Crown, like it was April last year, roughly. And, you know, I was firstly thought, oh, that's big shoes to fill, you know, to honour such an incredible musician and artist. And, you know, I just love jumping in, learning all the music and especially the songs that Daniel Thompson, who plays Johnny, he chose such a beautiful set list of songs that some of them I hadn't even heard. Beautiful to get to jump into it, really try and honour it as best as I can and not going out there trying to be her, just trying to honour her music and, you know, respect the music that they created together. And, And it's a really incredible experience to be involved with. Yeah. Well, the style of music it is too would actually make it quite easy, I guess, to get into the character of the person. 
Oh, absolutely. And there's such incredibly written songs. Mm. A lot of them that June had a hand in writing or other songs from their careers are just such historic songs, but also some unique ones in there too that until you start listening to them and listening to the words, you're like, wow, that's a beautiful song, you know, and I've done some of them I'd never heard, which is incredible. But it's just been fantastic working with Daniel and the band. They're just an awesome group of people and it's just nice to be honouring their music. And, you know, the crowd that come out to the shows are awesome too because they obviously love the music as well. So it's a really special night when we get to do these shows. Yeah, win-win. Now, speaking of songs, and thank you for the segue there, you were a finalist in both the Vander and Young International Songwriting Contest and also the 2020 International Songwriting Competition, I believe. So congratulations. Thank you. They were nice little surprises and I got that news through on email, all unexpected. As an artist, I enter my songs into contests just to put them out there, really, and you don't ever really expect anything to come back from it. So when the news came through for both of those, it was a very special moment and just nice to see all the hard work that I've put in, but also with, you know, Rod McCormack, my producer and other co-writers over in Nashville, you know, it's nice seeing the songs get recognised. It's just good for the whole team. Yeah, totally. On the subject of your new single, The One, how does songwriting happen for you? Is there a system you work to or are your songs written from inspiration as and when it hits you? How did The One come about? It really varies depending on the song and my new song, The One, this just was a gradual conversation between Rod McCormack, my producer, and I. Mm. He picked me up from the airport in Sydney and we were driving back up to the New South Wales Central Coast. And we just got chatting about my grandparents, talking about how they met. I was talking about how my grandmother's a singer and we just kind of then moved on to how we get advice in life. And, you know, love is always a topic that people love to give advice about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone's got an opinion on it. Yeah. We thought it would be a nice song to kind of share that multi-generational advice, but also create a nice, fun, warm song about all the reasons that we fall in love. But, you know, sometimes all it takes is that one moment and that one person. Really, it was just this conversation that we took to the studio. We jumped on Zoom with Templeton Thompson and Sam Gay, who are some beautiful friends that are over in Nashville. We zoomed in, wrote the song, and within a couple of hours, we were putting it down in the studio because we were just fell in love with it and really wanted to get it down while it was fresh. We just loved it so much that I thought, yep, this is the next single. Fantastic. And you're right about love, whether it's finding the right person or, as in some people's cases, finding the right truck. Yes. <laughs> it's all the same. Absolutely. Both are the same. <laughs> yeah. So 2022, Courtney, you've got a pretty busy touring schedule. What are the plans at this stage? Well, firstly, we've got Tamworth in only a couple of weeks, which is super exciting. Yeah. I'm so thrilled to be doing the Girls' Night Out show with Gina Jeffries, Tanya Kernigan and Max Jackson. Mm. We have been planning this show for months and months now after January getting postponed. So we're so excited to finally get to jump on stage and perform this show for everyone. Yeah. But also before that, I've got a show with Andrew Swift, which is going to be good fun. I've done a couple of shows with him this year already, supporting his brand new album that's out. Mm-hmm. So I've got bad on the cards but also going to be doing some shows with Angus Gill in June too so there's plenty of live music on the way also working towards my debut album release which all goes to plan fingers crossed will be coming out in July and in all that spare time you might catch the odd supercars race that's right got to have some couch time to watch the supercars as well that's a necessity (laughs) for sure now, if people want to find out more about you and keep up to date with your appearances, where can they find you? You know, websites, socials, all that stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. You can search me up. I've got my website, CourtneyKyle.com. Otherwise, you can find me on all the social media platforms as well. So whether it's Facebook, Instagram, find me there. Come say hello. Always like to meet new people. So if you've heard our chat today, come say good day. Fantastic. Folks, our featured music artist this week has been the fabulous Courtney Kyle. Courtney, thank you for finding a few minutes amongst all your busyness to come and play on the road with us. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thanks for having me on. It's been great to have a chat and always good to find more Supercars fans as well. (laughs) It is indeed. Now, before you go, would you please introduce your new single for us? Absolutely. My name is Courtney Kyle and you're about to listen to my brand new single, The One on the Road. Cheers, Courtney. Keep it safe. Thank you. Watch you growing wild and free And I did a bit of that just like you Then the summer of 54 I found out what my heart was for She was everything I dreamed of more I want you to feel that too You can wrap it in a bow, put a ring around it You can write it in a song and sing about it When it's right, put it tight like it's never gonna come undone You can fall so deep that you drown breath and it leaves no doubt the magic in the mystery is knowing when it's meant to be it becomes the air you breathe that you can live without you can wrap it in a bow put a ring around it you can write it in a song and sing about it when it's right put it tight like it's never gonna come undone you can fall so deep that you drown in it if you're lost you can even get found in it
G'day, guys. It's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here, and you're listening to the On The Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show. It's time for That's What You Think. Something a little bit different this week. I've come across an old mate of mine who started his truck driving career actually working for me, dragged him out of the Cummins workshop in Adelaide, and he came to work for me, fixed up one of his trucks for me. He did a great job of that. Anyway, went his own separate ways in the finish, and I ended up working for him for a stage. Josh Smith, his name is, and he lives up Queensland, and he's got an interesting lifestyle outside of trucking. I'm not going to take the piss out of him about it or anything like that because it's a bit different and I never had a clue. And a good mate of mine does the same thing and I never had a clue about that either. They're secretive bastards. We're going to find out a bit about it and we'll see what goes on. Josh Smith, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? I'm just absolutely wonderful. Blown away by the revelations. <laughs> were you doing this when you were working for me? Uh, no. No, I wasn't. No. No, I wasn't doing it. It sort of it was more to the point when we moved to Queensland. Oh, right, eh? It was something there, but it was just suppressed. Right. So I want to actually talk about how we become well, you as an employer for me first, yeah. and then me employing you, yeah. and we've still stayed mates over all these years. We've had a blue or two. We have. We have had a blue or two, and to the point where I actually sacked you. <laughs> <laughs> And we've still stayed mates. That's the biggest thing that surprises me. Ah, uh, well, yeah, you know, we both got past it all, haven't we? We did, and I think it was to the realisation that at the time, I think you were going through a bit of health scenario. So it wasn't the fact that I sacked you. Yeah. It was the fact that I couldn't make money when you were parked up in hospital all the time. It was understandable. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you've got to be a little bit realistic. I mean, you and I both had small businesses. Yeah. We didn't have the depth on the bench that someone else has, like, you know, tolls or someone like that. That's right. And you couldn't just sort of call someone in and do a bit. That's right. No lie. I told you at the time I was pissed off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time time you know you sort of think about this time goes on and you've got to realize that these things happen it's pragmatic reasons it's not personal yeah that's right that's exactly right yeah and i think we both were on the same page at the time and mm. but testament to a friendship yeah. it's lasted the sort of duration of time it's a pretty f- cool truck i was driving for you too it was it was a cool truck at the time yes yeah no it was a cool truck yep 950 with more bling on it you can poke a stick at climb trees yeah and more lights than a runway c15 cat <laughs> I remember the truck, mate. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> I'll tell you, I thought that truck had a lot to do with me getting together with Rose, you know? Yeah, right. Because when I came to work for you, um, yep. she used to fly up to Brisbane and I used to pick her up and she yep. used to come down to Adelaide with me and then fly back to Sydney. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. We spent a lot of time and had some concerts in the truck and <laughs> singing our hearts out. Yeah, and I remember a time doing two up with you when I was driving for you. Yeah. Yeah, we had many concerts in the cab too with the music going flat out as well. Yeah, that's right. I remember the first time I took you with me just to see if you could actually drive a truck or not. Remember? <laughs> to see if I was fair dinkum. That's right, yeah, to see if you were fair dinkum, seeing if you could talk the talk and walk the walk or not. Yeah. And we went over to Melbourne, if you remember. Yes. And we headed back to Adelaide, and I got sick of watching you drive because it was boring. (laughs) I said, I'm going to have a bit of a lie down. (laughs) I think it was to the point where you were sitting there going, well, I don't need to be here. I'm getting in the bunk. You can do the rest of it. That's it. That's how it went. (laughs) And I said, wake me up when we get to the top of the hill to go down the hill in Adelaide. And I think I I remember flying out of the bunk when I heard the jakes come on (laughs) when you went over the top. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was a testament to you guys as well. Karen at the time, which was your partner, yeah. to give a young 21-year-old follower a go that no one else could. And that's why I think the industry... Unfortunately, it gets taken out of Prider's hands yeah. because of insurance. Like the people can't get insurance to give young fellas a go. Yeah. And you were just lucky at the time that you had a really, really old truck. Yeah. That you just put me in and set me going. So. Well, you know, I had the right insurance policy too at the time, and. Yeah. But you paid for yourself. I mean, you sorted that old girl out, and you got to look at a million dollars. She was a good truck, old T six hundred. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Many a nights. Oh, no, it was the old 123 before the T600. Oh, yeah, it was too. <laughs> the old 123, uh, what was it, a Cummins with a 15-speed overdrive on walking bean suspension. That's right, a 350 Cummins it was. Yeah. Used to go pretty good, that truck, when you got it running. <laughs> yeah, many a midnight runs down the Horsham and the Great Ocean Road and everything delivering poly pipe. Yeah, remember it well. Yeah, no, she used to go all right, that old truck. <laughs> Yep. I bought that to tow trailers around the yard and load trailers with, and you took off with it. Yeah, <laughs> took it interstate. That's right. And I think the very first trip that you sent me on it was to Brisbane. I think it was too. <laughs> so nothing like cutting your teeth in an old truck. That's right. So, But anyway, we got there in the end. I remember you getting knocked off at Mount Vic with a bloody long trailer too. That was the T600, was it not? It was, yeah. We had no choice, and we put that 48-foot drop deck behind it, and away we went. <laughs> away we went. Screw it, we're... Got wheeled into Mount Vic, and old mate stood up in the chair and went, mm. hang on, you're not between the yellow lines there, young fella. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> put the tape measure over and went, oh, I think you're a bit long there, buddy. Outlaw truckers to the end. <laughs> yeah, well, then were the days, mate. We were. You went and you drove some of the big stuff and headed out the bush. I used to keep track of what you were doing. You were doing all right. What happened in the finish, mate? Why did you just pull the pin? I know that your family values sort of kicked in and you realised that your time would have been better spent at home or closer to home anyway. Oh, it was more to the point sort of ego got in the way of, what's the word? Ego got in the way of my qualifications. I suppose that's probably what you could say. Oh dear, oh dear, that's a big admission, mate. <laughs> Wanted to be the biggest thing in trucking and everything else and I was young, stupid yeah. and all the go in the world and yeah. bit off more than I could chew pretty much. Yeah, I'm man enough to admit it. And really scaled back to one truck and, and tried to give it a go then as one truck. Mm. But as we all know, once you get in the poo with trucking, yeah. it's a very, very long, hard road to get back. Mm. And we all know as well, like sometimes people don't pay when they're meant to. Oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> and that makes the road back to recovery a lot harder as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I put a lot of luck yeah. into making a business profitable, yeah. and I just didn't seem to have that luck. Blown motors, taking on big jobs to try and grow the business, and then those jobs didn't pay and took longer than what they were meant to and, and all that sort of stuff. And then sort of doing the dirty on people that wasn't my intentions either. Yeah, We've all been bitten by someone that's taken on a big job and not been able to do it properly. Yeah, And that's just how it all happens, unfortunately. And yeah, apologies to those people that I hurt in the process. Yeah, But I still see those people out on the road now. Yeah, There's no bad breath. They all realised that I was having a crack, having a go, and yeah. just luck wasn't on my side, unfortunately. You're cured now, though, right? Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm a wages boy now, so pays in the bank every Wednesday. I'll tell you what, I saw a truck the other day, you know, it's just leafy, because I still look at the prices of them, you know? Yeah, and... And I saw this old, well, not an old Argus, he was a fairly young Argus, actually. Yeah. But it was the right money. Yeah. With the Detroit in it. Yep. A bloody 18-speed manual, and it had a Pearlcraft steering wheel in it, and all the bling on it, owner-driver truck. 
and he was selling it because he'd upgraded and he had the right money for it. And I'll tell you what, for about five minutes, I just sat there and I did the numbers in my head, you know. <laughs> and I was tempted. I said to Rose, I said, look at this. Yeah. And she said to me, why don't you watch porn like a normal bloke? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, no. Some days I think, yep, what if? But yeah, no. Yep. Back in December last year, I actually blew the motor up in the truck that I'm currently driving. Yeah. The best bit was, well, not the best bit, but the thing was is I could pick the phone up and say, come and get me. Yeah. The motor's finally blowing up and we knew that it was on the way out and yeah. my task was to get it to Christmas and I was one week off getting it to Christmas. So, hmm. But that was the best thing. Like I remember blowing the motor up in my truck and it wasn't a simple phone call. No, just the way your heart sinks. Yeah. That's right. And it's like, holy crap, how am I going to pay for this now and, and everything else from there? Yeah. So it's a lot more than just one phone call. It's like you're going to make a phone call to the tow truck and then you've got to make a phone call to the mechanic. Mm. And then if you haven't got the money in the bank, then it's a phone call to the bank to say, can I have some money to fix it? As you well know. So. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's definitely a lot less stressful these days just as a company driver. Oh, mate, I look at what I make now and, you know, you know as well as I do, mate, I, you've got to have a very good week every week. Yep. I'm quite happy to be driving someone else's. You know, I know what it would cost for me to own to drive a truck that, like I drive now. Yep. And then you've got to have a good week every week and yep. you can't afford to take any time off because you never know if there's going to be a load there next week. And That's right. You flogged yourself to death. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you wouldn't be paying yourself what you're getting earning now. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. And testament to those guys that are an owner driver and do make it work. Oh, yeah. And my hat goes off to them because I've been there, I've done that, I've tried to make it work and it just didn't. So, so it's hard yakka. Oh, it's very hard yakka, so... All right, well, what we'll do now, mate, we'll just take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about alternative lifestyles. <laughs> just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are and if their products are something that you're interested in or something that you may need, Please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Back with me, old mate, Josh Smith. You're a part of the Australian Naturalists Federation Alternative Lifestyle. Remember, I only like you when you're naked. Uh, I saw a picture of you in a balloon and the bottom half was covered, thankfully. Yep. <laughs> but uh, you had no clothes on, mate. Yes. So I'm the Queensland representative for the Australian Naturist Federation. Right. And I'm also the public relations officer as well. Yeah. So I get to do all these good interviews all the time with people in regards to sort of nudism and naturism for Australia. Yeah. And then that picture that you seen me in was actually an event that I hold up here in Queensland every year around Australia Day time yeah. called Nude Up Australia Festival. Yeah. And one of the events of that weekend is we get to go up in a hot air balloon without any clothes on. I'm laughing, right? <laughs> and I know I promised I wasn't going to take the piss out of you. I'm not going to. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, I think to myself, I'm confident in my own body, right? I really am. Yeah. I don't mind doing the nudie run from the bathroom or whatever, you know, I'll do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the actual thought of being with a group of people, it'd have to be a freeing experience. But just to be that confident of your own body image, I mean, everyone's got a bit that they're not proud of. Yep. How does it work? Well, that's one of the reasons why people do do it is because they're not happy with their body and they do it to get over that fear of their own body. 
what it actually is is that everyone is in the same boat. Everyone's got, like you said, everyone's got one bit or several bits that they don't like of their body. Mm. So they come out to events like my festival or to nudist retreats or whatever else like that we do on the weekends, mm. and everyone else is there in the same predicament. So that judgment gets left at the gate. No one judges anyone about their body shape, size, or anything else. Mm. And that's probably what makes the lifestyle so good and so empowering because you get to be yourself. Yeah. So what actually happens is when we wear clothes, we tend to judge people more like, if that looks like that, that doesn't look any good on you, wow, 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 all that sort of stuff, or why are you wearing that type of thing? Yeah. Whereas when you're in your own skin, that's the skin you're given. Yeah. That's the body you're given. That's the body that you work with. It's that whole empowerment that you get from all your inhibitions strict back and you're, you're embarrassed mm. and everyone else is in the same boat. So there's no judgment because if you judge, you're going to be judged. Yeah, right. It's very empowering and very freeing as well. You know yourself, mate. Clothes don't always fit properly. <laughs> so you get the wedgies and you get all the bloody tight bits here and there. And you know yourself when you wear jeans, when you're trying to hoik your leg up the ladder to climb up the back of the tanker, you nearly rip your groin out, your strides and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you got no clothes on, mate, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm fairly sure that if I wasn't wearing PPE at the uh... – <laughs> I can just imagine just climb up the back of the tanker in, the, uh, in your safety boots. Yeah. I'm not sure how that'd go. I don't think that'd work for me somehow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It might no, work for me, but it might not work for the opposite. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, sort of clothes do have their place in society. They do. Yeah. And you mentioned before a fellow two-up driver that used to go to Perth with every week. Yeah. He's our president for the Matrix Federation, so... <laughs> How small world? You shared a truck with a bloke for how long were you two up with him? Oh, look, we did a couple of months here and there, you know, a trip off and on. He used to fill in if yep. Rose wasn't there to go with me or whatever. And then there's me, so known you for 20-odd-old years, and we're both part of the same federation. Yeah. What a small world. I couldn't believe that he obviously didn't think I was open to the idea or he would have said something, I suppose. And see, this is the thing right at this present minute that sort of Mick and I are pushing massively mm. is the normalization of our lifestyle. Mm. A lot of people are afraid to tell their work colleagues and their friends in fear of what they think about our lifestyle. Yeah. So whereas Mick and I are very open to it. I know you're going to bring the subject up because you're on my Facebook and you would have seen the post that I put up yesterday. And I'm going to let you tell everyone because it'll probably sound better coming from you than it will for me. So I'm very out there. Even my work colleagues, my boss knows everything. Everyone knows my lifestyle outside of trucks. So. Well, I laughed my ass off. I actually laughed so much. I had a little bit of a tear from laughing, you know. <laughs> I'm looking at Facebook because I troll around Facebook, as everyone knows, and find stuff to talk about. Anyway, there's this post from you, and it's a screenshot of a message from your boss. And you've said, sorry, I pocket-dialed you. And he's answered back, how the hell did you pocket-dial me in the nude? And I just laughed at just the context, the whole context of the thing. I thought, hmm, that's funny. And I've got another, I suppose that's a hobby. Yeah. I'm a bit of a lawny. I love a, a good bit of turf and yep. got the cylinder mower and everything and I mow the lawn. Anyway, I put a photo up one weekend of me standing in front of the lawn out the front. That's right, yeah. And our next door neighbour is a removalist and he's got a removalist truck parked in the driveway. And my boss's comment was, oh, he's your next door neighbour's moving out because you mow the front lawn and the new too much. Mm. So <laughs> he has a bit of a joke with us and that's, it's all good. It's like he's very, yep, whatever. Yeah, as all are my colleagues at work. So, yeah, it's nothing to be ashamed of. 
Oh, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. I just don't know if I'd have the balls to do it. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely got balls, but I don't know if I'd. Have, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how I'd go. Yeah, it's not being ashamed. I don't think that's the right description. Yeah, I'd be a hell of a lot more comfortable in a set of budgies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But that's just the way, I suppose that's just the way I am. Yeah. I suppose the one question that I've got, and I expect that everyone that's listening to this right now has got the same question. They're going to say, Mick, ask him, you know. <laughs> There's a certain amount of weirdos in the world. Yep. How do you deal with the weirdos? You'd have to think that sooner or later you'd encounter one. Yeah. Look, our nudist beaches are littered with them, unfortunately, and we call them meerkats in the lifestyle. All right. And basically what it is is the weirdos. I'm not going to sort of genderize it because sometimes it's the other gender as well. Yeah. They sit up the back of the sand dunes and watch everyone on the beach doing their thing, like just being with nature and yeah. being in the beach and just a sideline. It's the best thing you'll ever do is go down to the beach with nothing on. It's, it's, it's unreal. Just that water, no... Uh, Know. You know what bathers are like. They all get wet, they get heavy, everything else. Whereas going into the sea with nothing on is just the best feeling ever. Anyway. Look, i got no doubt about that, mate. I've got issues with sand in places where sand shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so unfortunately, yes, we do have the weirdos, mate. They are there. And we had one, I don't know how long ago, at the nudist retreat that we went to. And he was walking around and, and everyone sort of picked him from a mile away. Hmm. So someone went up to him and approached him and said, look, mate, I don't think you're here for the right reasons. I think you have a misconception of the lifestyle. Yeah. I think it might be in your best interest to just leave. Yeah. So that's how we deal with that. So, yes, they are there, unfortunately, but not as much as what you'd think. Apart from the beaches, they're on the beaches. And yeah. we've had a few beaches have their clothing optional status questioned over time because of these peeping toms and meerkats, as we call them. Mm. And then it's up to us as the lifestyle to try and fight that, to say, hey, no, well, there's plenty of other beaches that these people can go on to sort of do their thing. But mm. but then all of a sudden, then what happens is then we get a police presence on the beaches to sort of just weed that out for a little bit and we go on with our way. Yeah, the answer is yes, you do have those untoward people, unfortunately, which all walks of life, and it, and it ends up wrecking it for everyone in the end, So yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you plan these events, so you've just had the Naturist Federation summer event, which you organised, and I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, well, that's actually my event. The ANF just sponsor that. Mm. Yeah, so they're just a major sponsor for that. That seemed as though it went off all right from what I saw. It did. It went very well. COVID gave us a real kick in the backside, as COVID has hit most things in the backside. Mm. But a week leading up to it, we had 70 people cancel because it was in the week or the fortnight that Omicron, or however you flip and say it, mm. was outbreaking here in Queensland. Mm. People got a little bit scared and everything else, but nothing come of it. And it's become a massive success to the fact that the event's been published in some overseas magazines. Wow. And there's now interest from overseas to come and do the event for next year, which is on in January again next year. Right. To the point where we've gone and got ourselves a venue this year to be able to house 5,000 people. Wow. So, yeah. Whether I'm going to allow it to get to that stage is another thing because, as you know, trying to organize these things is a massive headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we might keep it at 1,000, I think, for this year and then see how we go from there on in. It's a testament, though, to how accepted the lifestyle is. I mean... I remember seeing things that they do this sort of thing in Sweden and yep. in the Norse country and all the rest of it. Yep. As a young bloke, I went to parties with you know, 20 or 30 people and there might be a pool or a river or a dam or something. We'd be having a few beers and yep. everyone would get a bit of Dutch courage and someone would say, I'm going for a swim <laughs> and no one's got a costume before you know it's going on. You've got 20 people skinny dipping. Yeah, that's right. Yep. 
And I mean, that's all perfectly casual and it was just a bit of wild fun. Yep. But you blokes are taking it to the next level. Yeah. Where it's become normal to have that sort of thing. Correct. Well, how does it work? I mean, do you just show up and throw your clothes in the box and then after that it's clothing optional or what? What, what happens? Pretty much, yeah. So... Well, this particular event this year was at a property that is not normally a what well, we call it in the in the lifestyle is a textile property. Right. So ordinarily, it's a textile property. They have textile campers there, and ordinarily, and everything else. And the family is textile, and they had young kids. And even though I exposed my kids to the lifestyle, mm-hmm. they didn't want their kids exposed to the lifestyle for the weekend. So we got set a time, and it was one o'clock on the Friday. Right. After one o'clock, it was free for everything, and it was really funny because. All us sort of crew members were there already setting up and we watched the car literally drive down the driveway and that was our cue. And within 30 seconds, all of us had our kit off. And from then on for the whole weekend, we didn't put a stitch on. Where do you put your wallet, mate? Well, what do you need money for? <laughs> You're camping. <laughs> oh, I suppose. Well, you leave it at your campsite, mate, and then you just walk to the food trucks and everything and buy your food as you need it and then take it back to your campsite. Yeah. Most people can't wait to get their kid off when they rock up. Other people, it takes a couple of hours to sort of warm up to it. Yeah. But each to their own. We had non-nudists at the event. Right. They just went because they like how laid back the lifestyle is and how they can be themselves. Yep. And they just love the people that attend and they get along with the people that attend and they'd rather go to a nudist event or a nudist retreat than go to a normal caravan park because they feel that we're more friendly. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't seem to be as persuasive as I am to the radio host that normally hosts me on radio. (laughs) Well... We've known each other for a long time, mate, and and, and uh, <laughs> I uh, I uh, I don't know. I it's it's not that I uh, it's not that I I couldn't do it because I could I th- I think, but 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 whether <laughs> I would that's you know, and that's a big thing too. A, a lot of people come to me and say, oh, what about if you see someone that you know or you work with, and it's like, well, they're there for the same reasons, are they not? Yeah. So why would it be an issue? Yeah. My wife, Kim, she's out to the world as well with her bosses and everything else, and they have linked conversations in the office as well about the lifestyle. Mm. Like you said, it is becoming more normal. People seem to think that, why can't it be normal type of thing? So. Well, that's why I thought, well, we'd never chat about it because, I mean, obviously, we all walk <laughs> different paths. Yes. As I said, I was surprised when I found out that you and my other mates walk the same paths. <laughs> and I thought, well... We all do different things in our spare time. Yep. We share the fact that we've got a trucking history together and, you know, we know each other in that way. And yep. it just goes to show that even though we're different, we're still the same. That's right. If there's anyone out there that's interested in nerding up or they do, in fact, nerd up and they'd like to <laughs> share the experience with the Queensland group that you're part of, how do they get in contact? There's one of two ways. You can jump on the ANF website or the ANF Facebook page. Yeah, not the Australian Nursing Federation, the Australian Naturalists Federation. Correct, yeah, because if you actually type in ANF, you will get the Australian Nurses Federation, Yeah, which you were probably part of at one part in your life. I was, but I can tell you now we didn't work in the nude. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And then you've got my personal Facebook group for the event that we hold every January which is the Nude Up Australia Festival. So just search that on Facebook and you can get to know what's going on with the festival. Nude Up Australia. Yeah. And where's your next event going to be held, mate? So the next events are held up here in Queensland in the Scenic Rim area on the 26th to the 29th of January next year. Right. So that's the big festival again, a big music festival, bands and food trucks and a whole array of other things going on. Awesome. 
nude up Australia. <laughs> Mate, I applaud you for being out and about and open about it. And thanks for coming on the show and talking about it. And I hope the listeners get a little bit of something out of it and realise that, you know, we all do things out of trucking that sometimes... Is not the norm. A little bit out there. <laughs> Mate, good on you. No worries. Thanks, mate. Have a good one, eh? You take care of yourself, buddy. I'll see you on the road. Right on, mate. See you then. So when you start to see my sanity breaking, remember I only like you when you're naked. Hey, everybody. This is Tony Justice, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Handy. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. G'day, Mike. G'day, mate. How are ya? Doing well, thank you. Absolutely glorious autumn day out there. Tell you what, it's not bad here. Mm. Looking out on my front lawn, the little birds are hopping around. Everyone's happy. Good. It sounds quite blissful. I even smiled there for a second. I caught myself smiling. I don't know what's going on. Smart. Did you get a photo of it? I'd like to see that. No. <laughs> no photos, mate. No photographic evidence of that. Yeah. Hey, listen, mate, we've had a few complaints again about me giving my wife a hard time. Yeah, I know. So I know I always go on about it, but I just want to clarify for anyone who might have gotten the wrong idea yeah. that my wife and I are deeply in love, fully committed to each other, and deliriously happy. Yep. And we've taken it seriously right from the start at the wedding when the celebrant said the thing about, you know, the two shall become one. Yes. Trouble is, for us, it really started when we couldn't agree as to which one of us we should become. <laughs> uh, All these years later, it still hasn't been sorted, but anyway. It's an ongoing discussion. It is. Mate, a woman from Melbourne was flabbergasted, flabbergasted, I say. She was. To receive a $3,635 fine for travelling just six kilometres over the speed limit. But it wasn't a mistake, Mike. No, it wasn't. There's a lesson to be learned here for all of us. Well, I think there is. What it does highlight is the fact that if you're in a company vehicle, that's the fine, unless someone's nominated as the driver of the vehicle. So you can go ahead and pay that massive fine Hmm. and not nominate someone as the company then that pays the fine. But this is the reason why the fine is so big, so that they do nominate someone. Yeah. So that the authorities do actually get the right person. Makes sense. It seems though that this woman's a serial offender, though. That's the second time she's had that happen to her. Yeah, only a couple of days apart, too, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. So Melbourne woman Jane Arturgan uploaded a TikTok showing the eye-watering fine she received for speeding six kilometres over the speed limit in a 60 zone on March the 3rd, and she reckons it's a bit excessive, No. And I said to myself, well, it probably would be a bit excessive, except that it's outside the tolerance for the speeding and you did do it. You were not paying attention or you were willfully speeding one or the other. Mm. And it's a company fine. It's not a personal fine. So that's not the actual fine. If they nominate her as the driver, then she'll pay the appropriate fine. People don't seem to come to grips with the fact that there's a hard line in the sand. That's the line. Mm. And if you go over the line, then you get whacked. Yep. It happens to truck drivers every day. You know, there are lines in the sand, and if you want to colour outside the line, stand by to get whacked. That's what happens. Yeah, and it kind of disproves the old adage and a good lesson for everyone. Yeah. If it's a company car, don't drive it like you stole it. That's right. At the very end of the story, they clarified, as companies do not have a driver's licence to which to apply demerit points, an authorised officer of the company must therefore nominate the person who is driving Once that person is nominated, the fine is reissued to the driver at the amount relevant to the offence. 
For example, in her case, $227 for four licence holders caught speeding by less than 10 kilometres an hour. Mm. If the company fails to nominate the driver, then they're liable for the $3,365 fine. The company does this three or more times, they don't nominate the driver, then they run the risk of getting one for twenty one grand. Okay, that's getting serious. It's about making sure that the right person gets the fine and don't drive around in your leased company car like a hern. As you say, drive it like you stole it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Black and white symbols. Yep. A heritage-listed timber bridge that runs across the Murray River at Tullybuck in New South Wales has become the subject of controversy with a lot of people very unhappy about a planned upgrade for the bridge. Yeah, well, they're going to close the bridge in its entirety for a few weeks. Mm. We're talking about a bridge that's like quite old Mm. and really should simply just be bloody replaced. Mm. Build another bridge right beside it or down the river a little bit from it or something. That would seem to be the more logical thing to do. Well, it would be to anyone with a brain. Mm. Why cut them off for weeks on end? It's going to be like a can of worms. Yep. It'll be closed for two weeks and they'll get there and they'll start doing something. They'll say, oh, gee, this old bit of timber here is rotten. Oh, we need to pull that apart to get to that, to pull that apart, to pull that out, to put this piece in. Mm. It could take months. No one knows. Yeah. And in that time, the whole community is being decimated because of it. Yep. And we've just had all the COVID stuff. You know, bucks on the river. Yep. They survive on a certain amount of tourism and all the rest of it. And it's like shouting distance of the other side of the river, mm. but it's too far to throw your parcels. Yep. And it's just absolutely diabolically stupid that the people that run our countries and run our bloody councils can't see the amount of aggravation something this silly causes to a whole community. Yeah. Decision probably made by someone who doesn't live there and have to deal with it. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, that's true. So the detours are going to take place. Light vehicles will be able to cross the Murray River at the Nyer Bridge. But B-doubles will have to detour all the way to Swan Hill. Yep. It's going to cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars in diesel. In fact, the estimated cost on the load is $100 due to the detours, as well as the time. We really do have to wonder what's going on. Why do they not just duplicate the bridge, making an old, nice, historic bridge, turn it into a bloody walkway so you can walk backwards and forwards? put a couple of shops up either end of it or something creative like that and build a lovely, nice, new, safe bridge that you can drive A-doubles over right beside it or down the river from it a bit. We had that up here. We had a beautiful old bridge running across to the peninsula at Redcliffe. Mm. It was gorgeous. It was one of those humpy bridges, you know. You had a hump about every 100 yards and they duplicated it, put a new one in. Brilliant. Yeah. And the old bridge was everyone's favourite fishing spot. Beautiful old bridge and they tore it down. Makes no sense. Well, they reckon it was going to cost them too much to upkeep it, you know, for the sake of a couple of fishermen and some tourists and things. But it was just beautiful. It should have stayed. Anyway, that's the way it goes in our world these days. Yep. No one cares, mate. There you go. A consultation regulatory impact statement has been released in regard to a proposed Australian design rule that would see mandatory reversing technologies for light, medium and heavy vehicles. One of the things we look for when we go and buy our new car is whether it's got a reversing camera and, and all that sort of thing now. Mm. I'm quite happy. I've got a reversing camera on the back of my four-wheel drive. The Cook's car's got a reversing camera on the back of it. Yep. And, you know, she's got the beepers that go mental when you get within 14 feet or something when she's going backwards. Mm. People say, oh, why do they make these things mandatory? Why does everything have to be mandatory? If that's your objection to it, you really need to have a bit of a think about it, don't you? It's all about stopping things from happening before they start. Yep. How many people that have run over that toddler in their driveway wish that they didn't have something that stopped them from doing it? Now, I know that's an extreme example, and these accidents are rare, but when these sort of things happen, I mean, you back your truck into a car or something like that, 
back your caravan into a tree. It costs you money. It's bloody inconvenient. In some cases, it can lead to the loss of life. This sort of technology is the sort of thing we should grab by both hands and uh, go ahead with it. So the introductory statement is looking around ADR 10800. They reckon it'll save 12 lives a year, 340 serious issues or injuries, 152 minor injuries, and over 35 years will likely be a net benefit of 38.5 million to the Australian community. And not to mention all the damage too. And all the damage. Doesn't it make you wonder when we look at things like that, if someone actually sat down and calculated how much this costs? Yeah. It comes down to dollars and cents, doesn't it? Oh, well, this makes financial sense. Let's just go ahead and do that. I reckon anyone who's got a problem with it hasn't had one. Yeah. I've got one in the back of the ute. It's one of the aftermarket ones. And there's nothing more pleasing than seeing, you know, the face of someone close up when you're about to run over their shopping trolley in the car park. <laughs> it's very entertaining. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but... I agree. And, you know, trucks and buses and large vehicles, they've got such a big blind spot at the back. Yeah, yeah. I remember once saying, you remember the old, you know, if you can't see my mirrors, I can't see you thing. Yeah. I was on the back of a tipper and someone had written in the dust underneath it, we'll get bigger mirrors then. (laughs) (laughs) But it makes so much sense With, with such a big blind spot. Even to have a camera that's running full time, reversing forward whatever, that you've just got vision of what's going on behind you. Yeah. Mike, a truck and caravan road safety program is calling for compulsory education for caravanners to learn proper road sharing skills when around trucks. <laughs> I'll just laugh. Oh, yeah. Can we just leave that story there? Sure. Do we need, do we need to talk about that some more? We could talk about it for hours. But Seriously. Nothing new. It's taken all this time to realise that someone towing a caravan needs some education. Seriously? Mm. Look, compulsory towing licences or endorsements may be suggested by many of the articles, says, but the reality is that light vehicle licences are the responsibility of the eight individual states and the territories, and they currently can't even agree on towing speeds, let alone other road laws. Mm. 100% correct. In Queensland, you can tool along with your caravan, same as in New South Wales, at 110 kilometres an hour. They don't care. Mm. Go over to the border in Western Australia. If you're towing a 6 by 4 trailer, you're doing 100. Yep. That's just one example. Mm. And then, of course, we get the ambitious tow ball weights. And people have no understanding about tow ball weight yep. or how to load their caravan properly. And you've only got to see them. I see them driving down the road all the time. They'll overtake you with their caravan, mm. sitting there doing 100 in the truck. And, you know, I create a nice little wind shelter for them beside them as they go past. And as the front of the caravan goes past the front of the truck and the wind starts to grab it, They'll start to wobble in their lane. Mm, yeah. And then, of course, the big overreaction start to happen. Hit the brakes. Yeah. Well, that's the first thing they do, which is exactly wrong. Yeah. There does need to be some education. Mind you, there needs to be some education across other areas of driving to how to behave around caravans as well. Mm. We need to understand that we're sharing the road. Yep. On the weekend, I went down last weekend, I went down and visited my daughter down near Queenscliff. So therefore, I drove up and down the Hume in my ute. Mm. And I can tell you that I witnessed an unending display of poor driving, Mm. inconsiderate driving, sometimes downright selfish driving, Mm. and at some points actually bloody dangerous driving. And that was just your car. And that was just me. (laughs) (laughs) There was a guy in a blue BMW... who basically sat around the same traffic flow as I did from the border up to around Goulburn, and he varied his speed from 90 kilometres an hour to 190 kilometres an hour. Mm. 
there was a couple of girls in an SUV who would overtake you and then basically go into a parking bay and then come back. Yeah. How long they'd stop there for, who knows? But they would catch you and overtake you again. Yeah. I'm driving along with my cruise control set on 110. Yeah. So at some point, they were clearly speeding. Mm. And then, of course, there's all the, as soon as you put your indicator on, well, I'll just speed up so you can't move over. Yep. And all that bad behavior is exacerbated by the frustration of the fact there's that much more traffic on the road and we want to get there and screw everyone else. I often think to myself that there are many people in this country who have licenses who probably shouldn't. Oh, yeah. And it goes beyond that, mate, in this society. It's just, it's a me, me, me thing. Everyone's out for themselves. Yeah. The old days of do unto others and all that. Yep. It's gone. Gone. But a suicide prevention organisation, OzHelp, will now provide 24-7 phone support for workers and their families in the transport and construction industries. Yeah. And it's one of those things that adds on to all the other services like Beyond Blue and those others that we see that are out there. Hmm. I suppose the difference between OzHelp and some of the others is that they're a little bit more focused and there's a lot of partnerships involved. Yep. So, you know, the health in gear and all that sort of thing. So all we can say is that if you do struggle or you are struggling with anything, you need to call the numbers. Both these numbers are actually on our webpage. Yep. OzHelp's 1300 number is 1300 694 357. That's 1300 694 357. Mm-hmm. And Health in Gear is 1800 464 327. Health in Gear 1800 464 327. Yep. You lose nothing. You ring up and you can have a bit of a chat. You don't have to talk about anything in particular. Sometimes it's nice to just connect. Yep. That's what it's all about. And I think that that's one of the reasons why these 24-hour services from the likes of OzHelp are a great thing because trucking is a a 24-hour-a-day injury. Uh, An injury. Well, it is an injury sometimes. You're probably not wrong. Yeah. That's a slip of the tongue. That's probably true. Mm. Trucking is a a 24-hour-a-day industry. And sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're out there and you're doing the business and you might just not be doing the business as well as you could be. You can get on your Bluetooth and have a chat to someone on the phone. I think it's a great thing. When you say doing the business, we're talking about driving, aren't we? We are. Yeah, okay. Thanks for the clarification. Doing the business, mate. Doing the business. Mm. Trucking away. All right, mate. Well, that pretty much wraps that up. Thought for the week? Yep. True love is like one long, sweet dream. (laughs) Marriage is like the alarm clock. (laughs) Uh, Too true. All right, mate, will you stay safe out there? Look after yourself. I will. You too. Behave yourself. No. Okay, good. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) (laughs) See ya, buddy. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. When they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. 
We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. G'day everyone, this is Gordon, Canadian refugee trucker living in America, where, whilst hauling logs around the far northern reaches of Appalachia, I enjoy the On the Road podcast with Mike and Andy, Keep it up with the news and history and everything that's good about trucking and the land down under. What a great show. Thanks a bunch. Something to talk about, something to think about. I had a young bloke ring me up the other day from Queensland and we were talking about style and how some things are in fashion and different tastes. He's telling me about being on a Peterbilt page on Facebook and the fashion used to be, or still is in some fellas, where they have the, you know, the three foot long bloody gear levers that stick almost up to the cab of the roof and they've got the skull head on them and the drop visors and the three inch chrome bloody side strips on the doors and the slamming the seat down so you can only just see over the bonnet and all that sort of low rider sort of a look that they used to get on with. And some of the old fellas saying, oh, well, you know, you can't do that. It's stupid. It's unsafe. It's ridiculous. It's this, it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And barking at the moon like us old fellas tend to do. And young fellas saying, well, we should just be pleased that there are young fellas out there having a go. And surely there are bigger problems in trucking than what your seat height is or how long your gear lever is. And I suppose he's right. I love a flash-looking truck just as much as the next bloke. And you go to the truck shows and you see them there and you could eat your lunch off the rocker cover and floors are beautiful and the dashboards with all the chrome they look nice and i just see the amount of work that goes into keeping it that way and the amount of pride you've got to have in your ride to keep it that way some of these young fellas i've noticed getting around they do have a lot of pride in their ride their taste isn't the same as mine but they've got some pride in their ride and they're doing a job i think that we really do want more young fellas to do so all I can say to you is, I suppose, we have to learn to accept that change happens and everyone's taste's not the same. Look at some of these pictures you see from America. There's a thing called Junkyard Dog. I've seen the truck. That's the name of the truck, Junkyard Dog. And it's, God, I don't even know what it is. It's a Peterbilt, I think. And it's had the guards all chopped and at angles. And the bloody thing looks like it's been through a shredder and it's painted matte black. Someone thinks that that's pretty cool. I think it looks like crap. And I wouldn't drive it in a pink fit. I hate the thing just to look at it. But other guys reckon it's pretty fat, you know? And then I look at some of the things that you see from the likes of Thorpes or Kloss here in Australia with the classic lines like a 90 with a beautiful slick paint job and the chrome and the accessories. And I think, gee, that looks fat. You know, I love that. And I've driven trucks like it. And it's just, that's my taste as far as that goes. And then you see the other trucks around. There's a couple of tippers. And I hate to single you out, boys. And if you're listening, I don't want to offend. But in Sydney, there's a, I think it's a 650, and it's painted like matte green, and it's got a black grill, black wheels, and it tows a tip around. I've seen it several times. And I think to myself, who would do that to a truck? Why would you do it? There's a guy that's got an old LTL running around, painted green, and he's done a lot of the matte black stuff to it. Yeah, okay. But that's not the way they were. They were never that way. And to me, that's just almost criminal, doing that to a truck as far as I'm concerned. No, it's not, but it's a matter of taste, and that's what it all comes down to. Fact is, we do have bigger problems in the transport industry than where we sit in our trucks, how long our gear lever is, 
We are really a bunch of brothers when you think about it. We're all doing the same thing. We're all out there making a quid and we all love trucks, no matter whatever their shape or size. And really, it wouldn't do for us all to be the same, would it? We're all truck drivers. I like to think that at the end of the day, we'd all do the right thing by each other. I know, maybe I'm just dreaming. Maybe it's the nostalgia kicking in. I don't know. Anyway, something to think about, something to talk about. Take care out there. We'll see you on the road. In our music interview earlier with Courtney Kyle, she spoke about going on tour with fellow artist Andrew Swift to help promote his brand new album, Call Out the Cavalry. From that album, here's Andrew's new single, Young Lovers. the show for another week thanks for coming along for the ride on the road is proudly brought to you by queensland rail committed to improving level crossing safety through engineering innovation and education for more information go to www.qr.com.au and nti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer visit the website at nti.com.au be sure to join us again next week when mike says was an education for me and he says i'm still working out all this uh all this um uh, and our guest says and how you doing until then play nice with each other and most of all stay safe out there bye for now Bye-bye. the team here at on the road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors we support their right to hold and express those opinions <laughs>